Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. The scriptures teach and the Apostles' Creed proclaims that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God incarnate, the Word made flesh, God with us in person, suffered, was crucified, died, and buried. Through his death, your sin is overcome. Through his death, your sin is conquered. Your sin, your disobedience to God, your rebellion to God, your failure to love is like filth, dirt, muck, grime, layers and layers of it. But it's not caked on your body, it's inside you. It's within, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your very being. And Jesus' death cleanses you. Jesus' death washes away the filth and the grime and the sin and the layers and makes you clean. Like a shower after you've worked out or gone camping or spent all day working in your yard. But for your heart, your, your baptism is a sign of this truth. Your baptism points to this reality. Jesus died. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. He was resurrected. He is alive. He conquered death for you, and he promises you life eternal. He promises you life after death and resurrected life. Life with no more illness, no more aging, no more sorrow, no more worry, no more tears, no more death. He promises you life with God in a new heaven and a new earth. And when Jesus returns, it will be so. Because the ascended Lord promises to come back. He promises to come back to judge, to make all things right, and to complete his kingdom. But what about the in-between time? What about now? Are we just on our own? Waiting, praying, hoping, serving until Jesus comes again? No. In our reading from John's gospel, Jesus makes a promise. He makes a promise to his disciples, his followers, 2,000 years ago, and he makes a promise to you, his disciples, his followers today. And the promise is this, the Father will give another helper. The Father will send another helper, the Spirit of truth. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the third and final section of the Apostles' Creed. The, the first two sections of the Creed begin with, I believe in God the Father, and I believe in Jesus Christ. These two sections, the first two, are focused on the objective. They're focused on the external. They uplift what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. This third section, the final section of the Creed, turns to the subjective, the internal what God does in us 
and with us. And it's all through the Spirit. Now, there are plenty of misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit, even within the church. Some, some speak of the Spirit like an impersonal power or some sort of mystical force where it sounds more like something straight out of Star Wars. Another misunderstanding is to think of the Spirit as new source of revelation, one that goes beyond Jesus, one that goes beyond the scriptures, that the Spirit can speak this revelation directly to individuals or speak through culture or speak through an ideology. Both are wrong. For the Holy Spirit is God, not a power, not a force. The Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, equal to the Father, equal to the Son, one with the Father, one with the Son, but, but distinct and, and separate. The Spirit has always been. The Spirit will always be. Jesus promises that the Father will send the Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that makes the work of Jesus effectual. In other words, the work of the Holy Spirit is to apply the work of Jesus in you, in your life, in your heart. It is the Spirit that opens your eyes to Jesus. It's the Spirit that opens your eyes to your sin, showing you that you're lost, showing you that you're dead, showing you that you're filthy within. It's the Spirit that shows you your need of a Savior. It's the Spirit that opens your eyes to the truth of the Scriptures. It's the Spirit that cleanses your heart. It's the Spirit that seals in you the hope of eternal life. It's the Spirit that makes you new. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't. Without the Holy Spirit, you won't. Last spring, I went on a short hiking and backpacking trip with my sons, Nathan and Peter. And after camping, we were hiking on an early cool morning after a rain, making our way on a trail through a lot of rhododendron. I happened to be in the lead and I was walking and talking, not paying much attention to the trail, but it, more absorbing in the beauty of the day when Peter gave a sharp and sudden cry, Dad. I stopped and quickly turned around to see what was the matter. And, and the first thing I noticed was, was the great gulf of space between us. They had stopped while I kept on walking and they were pointing to the very large copperhead snake right next to the trail the very large copperhead snake that I had walked by. I had not noticed it. I had not seen it. I could have stepped on it or brushed against it. Without the spirit, you don't see the snake. Without the spirit, you don't feel the bite. Without the spirit, you don't know you're poisoned and going to die. The spirit opens your eyes and says, look, and points to the snake. And more importantly, points to the Savior, points to the serpent crusher, points to the one lifted up to save you from the poison. How? By dwelling in you. 
Verse 17 of our passage from John, uh, Jesus says this of the Spirit, He dwells with you and will be in you. That the Spirit of God enters in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you and opens your eyes to the truth, opens your eyes to Jesus, opens your eyes to the Scriptures so that you can believe. That's, that's exactly why the gospel can be proclaimed to a group of people, a room full of people who have never heard it before. And some receive it, believe it, and others don't. Same message, different response. Same room, same message, different response. It's because the Holy Spirit must enter. The Holy Spirit must open eyes. The Holy Spirit must illumine hearts. The Holy Spirit has to dwell within. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians calls followers of Jesus temples. In chapter 3, verse 6, he writes, Don't you know that you are the temple of God? God dwells in you through the Spirit. Do you see what grace this is? Do you see what love that God has for you? The Father sends the Son to save you and then sends the Spirit to make that salvation real in your life, real in your heart, effectual within you by dwelling with you. Don't miss this truth. Don't miss this truth. The eternal triune God, the one in whose name you were baptized, is in you. Jesus speaks these words in verse 23 in our passage from John. Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. If you're a Christian, if you claim Jesus, if you follow Jesus, if you love Jesus, the Spirit's in you. And through the Spirit, the Son is in you. And through the Spirit, the Father is in you. Making a home. And making this home, not temporarily, not not only at special times or places, not simply when you are in need, and not just now, not just in your lifetime, but making a home in you forever now and forever. Listen again to Jesus' words from verse 16 in our John passage. I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Forever. Knowing knowing this truth, knowing this amazing truth that the triune God dwells within you, how might it change the way you live? How might it change the way you order your life? How might it change the way in which you interact with those around you? Whether it's your family or your friends, whether it's your coworkers, fellow students, whether it's a romantic interest or even strangers. How how might this change your entertainment choices? 
knowing that the triune God dwells within you, how might it change your entertainment choices? Whether it's the music you listen to, the movies you watch, the shows you watch, the books you read, the social media that you intake. How might it change your attitude toward worship? Service. Evangelism. Telling others about your Savior, inviting them to worship with you. Jesus calls the Spirit the Spirit of truth. The Spirit is the Spirit of truth because the Spirit reveals truth. The Spirit shows you truth. The Spirit shows you the one who is the truth, Jesus Christ. And the Spirit shows you the truth of the Scriptures who proclaim Him. Therefore, the Holy Spirit never contradicts the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit never offers a a revelation that opposes the Scriptures because that would be contradicting Himself. And it would be opposing the truth. Now, it may well be that that a spirit reveals something to an individual. It may well be that a spirit reveals something through culture or through an ideology that contradicts the truth of, of Scripture. But it's not the Holy Spirit. For there are other spirits at work in the world besides the Spirit of God. Jesus refers to the Spirit as helper. He says, the Father will give you another helper. The the word translated helper is the Greek word paraclete. Paraclete. It's a word that's difficult to to pin down the precise meaning as as seen in different translations of, of, of the Bible. The root of it refers to one who is called alongside but it, it can also mean encourage or exhort or comfort. The word is found in legal context, especially outside of Scripture. This word is found in legal context where it means counselor, as in legal counsel, advocate. On occasion, it refers to prosecuting attorney. So the spirit, as paraclete, lives out all these functions. As prosecuting attorney, the spirit points to your transgressions. The spirit points to your breaking of God's law. The spirit points to your sins. As comforter, the spirit then points you to Jesus. As comforter, the Spirit is with you, with you in your struggles, with you in your trials, with you in your suffering, with you in your pain. As exhorter or encourager, the Spirit points you to God's Word. Gives you a desire to read it, spend time with it, understand it, and also to live it out. Obey it. As helper, the Spirit knows you cannot live it out alone, that you cannot obey it on your own. As helper, the Spirit empowers you to live it. The Spirit transforms you, transforms your heart so that you love, so that your life more and more exhibits love, love for God and love for your neighbor. 
Now, this growth within you, this growth within you typically ordinarily occurs like a plant, which is slowly and gradually and sometimes imperceptibly. And this is how the Spirit works growth in you, through word and prayer. Word and prayer. The scriptures and prayer, which means you need to pray and you need to read God's word. You need to do it by yourself and you need to do it with others. It means you need to worship and you need to confess and you need to be comforted. And before you know it, there's fruit. Fruit springing forth from your heart. Fruit being lived out. And maybe, maybe, Maybe it's something simple. Maybe you just held your tongue. Maybe you checked your anger. Maybe you served your spouse. Maybe you gave to someone in need. Maybe you helped your neighbor with their yard. Maybe you asked for forgiveness. Maybe you spoke the truth. God will bless your fruit, whatever it is, and add more. Add more as he grows you. Now, and, and, and if the, 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 the fruit is tainted or if the fruit is rotten or if the, the fruit is non-existent, as prosecuting attorney, the Spirit will once again point to your sin. And when he does, confess it. Ask for forgiveness. And then as comforter, the spirit will point you to Jesus. And then as exhorter, encourager, the spirit will point you to the word. And then as helper, the spirit will give you a desire to live it. And you grow. And the process will repeat over and over again. This is called sanctification. Sanctification, it's a lifelong process of becoming more and more holy. Sanctification is the lifelong process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And sanctification is a work of the Spirit within you. The paraclete within you. Prosecuting and comforting and exhorting and encouraging and helping. So a good question is, how do you know? How do you know the Spirit dwells within you? Well, you don't have to have a particular feeling and you don't have to display a particular gift. You only need faith. You only need faith. Your trust is in Jesus. Your hope is in Jesus. Your salvation is in Jesus. If you didn't have the Spirit, you wouldn't. And do you struggle with sin? Are you convicted of your sin? Are you sorry for your sin? If you didn't have the spirit within you, you wouldn't. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The paraclete, the third person of the Trinity sent by the Father, sent by the Son to dwell within you. And it is through the Holy Spirit that you participate in the rest of the articles of the creed. It's through the Holy Spirit that you're promised the rest of the articles of the Apostles' Creed. Through the Holy Spirit, you're part of the Holy Catholic Church. Through the Holy Spirit, you participate in the communion of saints. Through the Holy Spirit, you receive forgiveness of sin. Through the Holy Spirit, you are promised the resurrection of the body. Through the Holy Spirit, you will receive 
receive life everlasting. What love God has for you. He dwells in you forever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 